With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run. Bear down, baby. That's it. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Haw and Dan Weeder. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the Take the North podcast. I'm David Hoff from 670 The Scores, Mullane Haw Show. Dan Wiederer is from the Chicago Tribune. He's at Hallis Hall. And this is the last Friday before the Bears play the Packers on Sunday in the season, regular season finale at Lambeau Field. The Bears beat the Packers. The Packers are out of the playoffs in all likelihood. If the Packers win the game, they go into the postseason. The stakes are high, Dan. What have, what have been the emotions like at Hallis Hall this week? Yeah, David, and I think the stakes are high for the Chicago Bears as well, because I think this could be uh, influential in some of the decisions that they're going to deliberate and uh, talk through in the early parts of next week. I think there's an excitement inside the locker room right now. I think this team feels really good about the way it is played. I think they have a sense that there is a core nucleus coming together and that this late season surge is uh, meaningful in ways that we've talked about that you can add a lot of meaning to, you know, six and two in your last eight sounds a lot better than five and three finishing things with a upset of the rival Packers sounds a lot better than losing to the rival Packers. Keeping the Packers out of the playoff sounds a lot better than allowing them to punch their ticket into the postseason and leaving you to watch wildcard weekend with great jealousy and envy we'll get to the predictions later in the podcast which you can find on your free odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts i think that a good portion of this conversation dan today will revolve around kevin warren and the role that he will play moving forward kevin warren uh is at the forefront of this offseason uh that, that is of, of significant consequence will have significant consequences on the future for the bears. And, and I know that um, he's in the news because <laughs> they put him there front and center on Chicago bears.com. They spent a day, new year's Eve, uh, the last Sunday uh, of the Falcons game, 18 hour day with Kevin Warren. And so they chronicled that just wanted to get your impressions of that and how significant you think to, to begin with Kevin Warren 
will be in every decision that is made for the Bears moving forward? Yeah, I mean, the short answer to the second part of that question is very, um, you know, Kevin is going to be in this with a critical eye. Kevin is going to be in this with thought processes and philosophies that he is going to join up with Ryan Poles on to try to get this team on a path that they believe will allow them an opportunity to sustain success. That's the goal. I think there's been a lot of conversation, David, recently about uh, where is this team at right now and, and what does it mean for next season? And I think those two men, when they sit down and they let the, the dust settle after Sunday's game and they review it on Monday and then they get into the big picture deliberations on where they want to take this franchise with what is going to be a series of impactful decisions, it's all going to be centered around what is the path that we think is best for this organization to set us up for a long track record of success, not just to be relevant in 2024. They have to make those decisions with the quarterback. They have to make those decisions with the coaching staff. They have to make those decisions to some extent on the outside of the world, a football world on the stadium. Kevin is going to have his fingerprints all over everything that is done here, but it's not going to be in an overbearing way. And I think it's uh, a time in bears history that people should be thankful for because it is something that they asked for, for close to two decades, really, that there would be oversight and, and um, I guess, influence of this magnitude on decisions that are pivotal for a long period of time. One of the biggest ones will revolve around the head coach and Matt Eberflus. And before I get into what I think about Warren and his role and uh, the the story devoted to his 18-hour day, uh, let's start with some context. And that was provided on Friday when Kevin Warren and his wife Greta appeared at Lurie Children's Hospital. It's a, it's an unbelievable gesture. A million dollars they donated, and we'll get into some of the reasons why later. But obviously, when you're in downtown Chicago and you're the pr president of the Bears on the last Friday of the regular season with so much in limbo, he was asked about what he thinks about uh, the future will hold for Matt Eberflus and what he thinks about the job that Eberflus has done in his second year. As we said all along, we just continually will stay focused on finishing the season strong, take a big picture, a methodical uh, look at everything. And um, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to heading to Green Bay tomorrow, and hopefully the team can keep playing well. And then, the place that you like right now? Well, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm very pleased with the energy of our team. I mean, and, and, it, and it's not only in game day. It's around the, the, the practice, around Hallis Hall. I mean, just the energy. I mean, you, you all see it in locker room guys are playing hard they're competing and um and so we'll continually just you know build forward you know as a franchise and and uh but i'm, I'm just really energized uh kind of as a franchise where we are with what we have going on with the stadium what we have going on uh internally just building our our brand um and and what we have going on you know with our football team what'd you think of that dan yeah, I, I look like the, the the word that came up and one that was brought up to me in the first five conversations I had about Kevin Warren a year ago in, in, in January of 2023, when we were uh, basically introducing him as the new president of the Bears is methodical, you know, and that's something that Kevin prides himself on being as a, a detail oriented, uh, methodical person who takes the, the biggest decisions that are on his plate and gives them great thought and deliberation with the people that he trusts around him. That's what's going to happen here in the coming weeks. I've said for a while now that I am as interested in the explanations of the decisions they make as I am in the actual decisions, because I want to know how they got to those decisions. And I think we have sat here, David, uh, in various 
various forums over the, the last decade plus and, and laughed at the explanations that the decision makers at Hallis Hall have given us for why they have made decisions. I don't think we're going to be laughing. I think we're going to be trying to understand and maybe disagreeing with some of them and saying, I don't know if this is going to work, but I don't think we're going to, we're going to have those feelings that we've had after some of those epic uh, George and Ted postseason press conference where you go, man, like I, I don't know what they're doing up there. And so that is one of my first uh, takeaways. My second one would be that vibes matter to Kevin. I don't think they're everything, but I think in, you hear in that soundbite there that um, the energy that he feels in the building is something that has resonated with him. Um, and that will be part of the, the discussions that they have early next week. So I wonder when I hear what he said, and I, and I agree with what you just stated, but, but I do wonder, and maybe this is just uh, a, a, a trained year, a conditioned response, but you know, if he believes in Matt Eberflus, why would he not just say he believes in Matt Eberflus? I, I remove the doubt. And I, I thought I think that there is still some doubt. Okay. So I think that's what he said. So, so when he's asked about his confidence and how safe Matt Eberflus is going into the final game, his answer, which was not in an emphatic endorsement, not an endorsement at all. I mean, he likes a lot of things. He likes the vibes, but I think that it, it suggested that there's still a final decision to be reached, which to me, given the way we've been talking about this and given the way some way other people in the, in the media nationally and locally have been talking about this uh, would come as a bit of a surprise. If the bears fire Matt Eberflus on Monday, I, again, this is, we don't know what's going to happen at Lambeau field, but as we sit here two days before kickoff, it surprised me that he wasn't more definitive, and it surprised me that he, as a savvy communicator, left the door open. And it surprised me the most, Dan, that they chose this opportunity to be in front of the cameras and microphones at this juncture of the season, knowing knowing that this was going to come up, that this would definitely be, a, be an issue. And I just don't know about the timing. I find it kind of curious. I was not there at Lurie's. I did speak to Mark Grody from WSCR, who was there. My colleague, Colleen Kane, was also there. It was supposed to be a non-football questions press conference only to talk about Lurie's. Now, look, you know, you know there's going to be a football question come up. Credit our friend Patrick Finley for, for asking that question and getting that response. I, I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not like I'm not pushing back on any of that. You can call time you want your 22nd time out? I'll, no, give, you, I'll give you a 22nd time just, out. I don't, I, no, I, look, I love Pat Finley, too. I, I, I respect everybody on that beat. You don't have to be a no, sleuth. To, to, this, this is what I'm talking for about. Sure. We, we, we have complimented Kevin Warren for his savvy, for his right, understanding no and grasp. You have to be incredibly naive to, to think that you're the Bears president on Friday of Bears Packers week in a season where there's so many futures uncertain and think you're not going to take football questions. Well said, well said, no question about it. And so they were taken and those were the two answers you got. I, I bring that up specifically just to tell you why the conversation didn't continue. It was cut off after those two questions and then <laughs> uh, a Bears PR spokesman, you know, cut, cut it off and that's, that's where they ended it. So that's what it was. What, what, what we have going forward here and, and to your points here is that there is a sliver of doubt here. There is conversation that, that the, the, powers that be at house hall want to have i wouldn't be surprised david if this was a decision that uh takes days for them to reach a, a final verdict on i think our audience is going to be at the edge of their seat on sunday night 
and Monday morning and possibly into Monday night and possibly all day Tuesday waiting for an answer. You know, it's like when the, 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 the new Pope is being <laughs> announced and you have to wait for the smoke to come, right? Like these decisions may take time. And I think that's a good thing. It's a healthy thing for this organization that it's not just going to be, because this is like, you would agree with this wholeheartedly that these next series of decisions will impact the direction of this franchise for the rest of the 2020s and into the early 2030s. And so you have to make sure that you thought you have thought about every possibility that you've thought about every option. You hear general managers in this league all the time talk about, we liked player A, but we saw an opportunity to upgrade with player B. The Bears have to do that with the coaching staff as well. They have to get their 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 feeling around how they feel about the current guy, what the alternative options are. And I don't think Kevin or Ryan are fearful of potentially having to make difficult decisions. I know you have used the Cubs analogy often here in, in recent weeks to say that the Cubs had a, a manager that they were content with, and then they let him go because they saw a path to a brighter future with a different person. The Bears have to explore that. They're going to have to do it with the quarterback position as well. It's a whole different conversation. But as it relates to the coach, I think that these discussions are long. I think they're difficult. I think they're emotional. I think you have to sort through all of that. And I think that process may not get started until late Monday. And I would expect it to, to potentially continue over a couple of days next week. Okay, let's get stay with the head coach here for a moment. We'll get to the quarterback in time. I think that that's well said, but the Bears, to me, sound like an organization through Kevin Warren's latest comments and what Ryan Poles has said midseason. They want to find reasons to keep Matt Eberflus. But I think that when they stop just short of a full-throated endorsement that he is coming back, I think they want to find reasons to keep him, but they also realize that they might have to fire him. And they might have to fire him if – for instance, they blow a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter against the Packers at Lambeau Field. I mean, the, the, under those scenarios, you could you could paint a different picture, but they're realists, and I guess that does protect them when they when they measure their words as carefully as they were today by Kevin Warren. Because if there's a fourth straight double-digit lead blown in the fourth quarter, I don't see how you can bring him back. And I'm anticipating that reaction because I don't want to be definitive in like saying there's he's coming back no matter what. I, I think that you can't say that. And I think the, the words from Warren kind of confirm that. Yeah. So I was just going to say, so uh, I'm. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thursday morning at ChicagoTribune.com, I did a deep dive on the quarterback situation. On Friday morning on ChicagoTribune.com, I did a, a deep dive on what's ahead for Kevin and Ryan and making these coaching decisions. And I had a source tell me early in the week that this feels like, quote unquote, a moment for the Bears. And I have gotten no indication that it is anything but a moment for the Bears when they go up to Green Bay on Sunday. I think this is a absolutely meaningful game in a lot of different contexts to measure how this team is finishing, to measure how both the coach and the quarterback fare in a situation with as much pressure and as much big game, uh, you know, feeling and stage that there is for this. I think this is a moment for this franchise and it's okay to embrace that moment and understands the stakes that come with that. If you go out and you beat the Packers by 30 points, the discussion changes. If you do, as you just uh, alluded to, blow a double-digit lead and 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 fall through the trap door again, that changes the discussion a little bit. And so that moment still has to play out before this discussion gets to the end point, and then you are able to start all these other conversations. You know, there, it, it is detailed here. You can prop up the late-season surge that the Bears have had. You can do as Kevin Warren did in that clip previously and say, I like the energy in the building. But you also have to zoom out at some point and say, who have we beaten? What are what, where are our signature wins? You got one so far. That's against the Lions a few weeks ago. There aren't others here. You have zero more opportunities to add any playoff teams to your victory list, and you've got two wins and two seasons against teams that made the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, like all of this is context. All of this is stuff that has to be sorted through. It's all going to be presented, you know, and, and laid out on the table. And I think there will become a point early next week, after exit interviews with the players, where Matt is allowed to sit in with those men and and um, basically have a voice in his performance review, you know, and that's going to influence some of the decision-making as well. Let me add something to the mix. And I don't know how relevant this is or isn't because uh, we've talked about it before. It seems to be an issue in every coaching search and seems like bears off every other off season. But if they do have these deep deliberations and they take their time and they, you know, start Monday night and they pour the coffee and they stay up late and they get up early, and it's midweek, late week before they determine. And let's say hypothetically that they wait. And after all that deliberation, the jury comes back and says, you know what, Matt Eberflus is guilty of, of coaching malpractice. <laughs> You're fired. Okay. <laughs> when you wait, as long as you, you, the Bears might wait to fire him or to look for a new coach, how much is there a risk of not being able to get in front of the process and finding the next one or his replacement. Do you run the risk of not being uh, one of the teams that if you're going to have an opening appeals to the most attractive candidates and if you're going to upgrade in theory, don't you want to be an aggressive, progressive uh, organization and, and kind of get in front of the decision but or or at least the pursuit and make your best case to whatever whatever candidate that might be depends on who you're interested in. There are new rules in place this year where uh, coaches that have teams in the playoffs can't do um, 
in-person interviews for for head coaching jobs until the, after the divisional round. So you're going to have to wait a couple of weeks anyway if you're if you're pursuing somebody that is currently involved with a playoff team. If you got a guy, you know, let's say Brian Callahan, who's a, a name that's come up a bunch and people I've talked to with the Bengals, he's going to be done on Sunday afternoon. And so if you want to have a, a quick in-person interview with him and get that going right away, you're going to have the luxury of doing that next week if, if you'd like to. Look, like all around the league, we're going to be monitoring firings, right? We know what Black Monday is in this league. We know what it what it, it does. I think there is an over-exaggeration every single year on the rush to fire and the rush to hire. You know, you can go through the the, 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 the dates that every organization has made their hirings and, and firings over the last 15 years, and there's no correlation to getting it right by how early you start or how late you finish. And so, like, I, I think, you know, for us and the, the, the public more specifically, you get caught up in the frenzied moment of we want to know now, we want to know now, we want to know now. And you don't have to know now. Like, like the, the whole goal is that, that you don't have to do this again if you decide to do it in the first place. So I think there's great value in taking your time. Now, look, I'm not advocating pushing this off to the end of January, but you've got a few days here where, where Kevin and Ryan can sort through every damn thing that they want to sort through before they make a decision that again is going to impact the, the franchise for a long time to come. For me, I think the most complicating factor is you have to have, as we've talked about previously, this marriage between your coaching decision and your quarterback decision that gets really, really, really intricately complex here right away, you know, because like there are so many different avenues you can go down, but you have to go down whatever avenue you choose. It has to be with a clear cut vision on how to unite a coach and a quarterback. It can be the two guys that are currently employed here. It can be two new guys. It can be a mix and match in either way, but you better know what you want to do in that regard before you make any one of those decisions, because otherwise you put yourself into a pretzel that you're not going to be able to get out of. Okay. Let's pivot to the quarterback for a moment. Uh, then it, it, because I think the head coach, that's a good point. And I, I, I only say that because of you worry about, you worry about everything, but you think about coaches who get taken, who might be offensive coordinators or the staff start to put together. The longer you wait, the more you fear you're going to miss out on somebody, but that you made some, made some good points there. As it pertains to Justin Fields, this is why this is what I wanted to ask you, and I, and I posed it on on the Mullen Haw show on Friday morning, and it was my reaction to the Kevin Warren piece <laughs> in Chicago Tribune. I'm sorry, oh, no, don't do it, don't say it. ChicagoBears.com, ChicagoBears.com. <laughs> Kevin Warren's 18 hour day uh, on New Year's Eve, and you know they they uh, they did what professional websites do. They chronicle the day in the life. It, it wasn't journalism to me. I mean, I think that it, it was a big difference between what you did in the news judgment, you and Brian Casella and the Chicago Tribune and the brand and all that represents. ChicagoBears.com exists to promote the Chicago Bears brand and put it in the best possible light. And so that is a distinction between journalism and PR. And this is definitely PR. So I ask you this. It was, again, everything is about timing. It was dropped on the Friday of the final week of the regular season Thursday. Well, Thursday night, excuse me. We talked about it Friday morning. It was the final week of the regular season with all of these questions looming and a quarterback in Justin Fields that has strong popular support from the fan base, maybe even loud. It's the loudest 
public support that I can remember for a, a professional athlete in town, maybe since Derek Rose, you know, talking about a lot of the Cubs, they were, they, they kind of split the vote. Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, they had all their constituencies, but like, I can't remember an athlete in town, Dan, that was this popular from this loud of a fan base since maybe Derek Rose. Anyway, this is what I'm getting at. I know where you're going. Does a president who <laughs> it works for an organization and represents an organization as a front man who cares as much about popularity as this piece suggests he does, could he be swayed or will it be part of the decision in, in, in bringing back Justin Fields because he's so popular with the fan base? I don't know the answer to that, but that was one of the questions I was left with with after reading that piece in ChicagoBears.com. I feel uniquely qualified to answer this question, and I, I will do so as straightforwardly as I can. My answer to that would be no, that it wouldn't be fan amplified fan sentiment that would change the course of direction for someone who prides himself on his leadership skills. Now you are a hundred percent dead on in, in noting that Kevin Warren is extremely image conscious. You know, that's something that comes up from people that like him and people that don't like him. Like they, they say, Kevin is, is very image conscious. And, and, and I, I would think that he'd be self-aware enough to admit that if you had him <laughs> on the air and asked him that, that question. So there is that element to it. But the other part of Kevin Warren's DNA is to create grand goals, dream those with with you know the most fantastic vision you can, and then try to figure out what's realistic and try to pursue that. And so I think he is going to be driven in this next series of decisions to try to find a pathway that not just earns him uh, you know a, a January round of applause from people who who want their current quarterback to stick around but he ultimately wants the, the round of applause when the confetti's coming down and Roger Goodell standing next to him with a shiny trophy like that is what motivates him it's what motivates Ryan Poles I can tell you both guys are intensely proud of being part of Super Bowl winners in their previous stops you know Kevin's is back with the Rams in the early uh, you know almost 20 plus years ago, obviously more recently, Ryan with, with the chiefs and both of them will tell you that they were with those organizations during lean times where, where the, the difficulty of the climb was obvious. And so they have great pride in, in kind of knowing that this, this isn't going to always be easy and you don't just knee jerk react and make decisions based on what will get you uh, a, a short term. Um, like I say, a round of applause or, or, or this approval that, 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 that the goal here is to be, uh, revered for a half century because you did something that no one in the last 40 years has done, which is taking the Bears to the playoffs, you know, in five consecutive years, which is uh, eventually playing in a Super Bowl, which is eventually trying to win that Super Bowl. So I think the driving force of this, David, will be what is going to get us the, 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 the grandest potential achievement and then that other stuff may be a factor i'm not going to minimize it or throw it out the window um, but i just i don't i don't think kevin is is uh that I, I don't know what the word is i guess i'd say flaky to just be like oh the fans love justin so okay. that's what we're gonna rubber stamp at this maybe way. i asked it, maybe i asked it the wrong way um and, and i think that's a good answer I, I, and, and i i acknowledge that this may be a total overreaction but I've, I'm just being honest. This was my reaction. I'm wondering it's a good conversation about the role popularity will play 
or emotion will play in the decision. If not, it'll persuade him to keep and bring back Justin Fields because he's got he's got seven out of every ten Bears fans wanting him to return and calling any criminal any <laughs> opinion that opposed that a criminal opinion as I was accused of having this morning. I got a lot of a lot to talk about on that topic. Uh, okay. But maybe not bringing him back. But but do you think it would dissuade the Bears from going in an unpopular direction? And maybe as maybe Caleb Williams at the end of this process is vetted, but still kind of unpopular. Do you think that would factor into the thinking or the thought process of an organization that is drafting number one overall? No. And getting somebody who's essentially the CEO of the company when they do. No, popularity it doesn't have anything to do with this okay. at all. And I'll say that straightforwardly. And I, and I just like I, I won't even waver on it. And, um, you know, look like I don't know who the AdWords Wizards are that proclaim that there's, you know, 75 percent of Bears fandom is in favor of bringing back the current quarterback. That seems to be a social media generated concoction of people <laughs> sitting in an echo chamber, creating their own polls and then putting them out there and thinking that they're scientific like that. I just that's not what this is right now. And until someone shows me evidence from a official polling place, I think you, David, I think you suggested that in the, the glory days of the Chicago Tribune, when you were working there and there was resources and manpower that you would have uh, found a way as, as the editor to assign uh, a company, right. To do yes. a poll, to figure this out. Right. Right. We used to have one at our Scarborough used to do some researcher polls for us. I think we used to do that every so year, so often every couple of years, we would have the most popular teams in town. It was a great excuse to write a column. The Caleb Williams conversation will not come down to popularity. It will come down to a homework assignment that this organization has with a handful of people involved in this over the next 10 to 12 weeks of learning what makes this guy tick, of learning, as I think we've talked about on this podcast before, how he handles pressure, how he handles criticism, how he handles failure, how he handles struggle, how he handles the spotlight. What are his goals? Is it, I had a, a former AFC offensive coordinator last week say, the one question I want to a- him to answer directly for me right away is, are you in this for championships or are you in this for stardom? There's a big difference, right? And, and so like when you're doing that personality testing, obviously the direct question to Caleb is going to be answered championships. Well, now talk to everybody around him. You know, talk to his coaches, his teammates at every stop, Oklahoma, USC, Gonzaga Preparatory High School in, in Washington, D.C. Um, you know, like go do your homework and, and, and get a get a a personality profile from people who know him best that tell you how you think he will handle what is a massive responsibility uh, in the piece I did on the quarterbacks this week at Chicago I had someone say directly to me. He's not just walking into Chicago. He's walking into Chicago potentially to replace a very well-liked quarterback in Justin Fields. And so there is some some thick skin that's required for that. There is some emotional stability that's required for that. The Bears have to to to, to vet that out. They have to they have to. They have to do their homework and I think our audience should be prepared for this quarterback situation to drag out for a long long time and to be the center of, you know, social media conversation and national debate conversation. And and every single day you're going to have a new talking head weighing in with some sentiment on this, but the bears part in this is to go do their homework and figure out whether he's there. I am, you know, the, the consensus right now, within the league, David, is that in this quarterback class, which is a really good quarterback class, it's going to have a lot of guys that Caleb Williams is the one guy who has the chance to be transcendent. 
right? Like you can still go find another quarterback in this draft. That's going to be a good player and take his team to the playoffs, you know, four or five times, but, but you've got one of those, the, the, the upside of, yeah. of Caleb Williams is that this guy takes you to a different mountaintop that you haven't visited in a long, long time. And so that, that, that's how, how you want to explore uh, your scouting process with him. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good, that's a good way to put it. Uh, and, and I, and I wonder, I wonder if if that will still be the feeling after he talks to everybody and every team's vet him. There's no way. There's no way yeah. to know that. Yeah. Right. No. It's, it's it's an intense homework assignment. It really is, and it's it's why uh, careers are on the line. You know, it's why that position is as studied as it is because it is it is complicated. And so, um, yeah. But but again, like I, I I like I think we get caught up sometimes because we have to live in a world where, and especially you, my God, you criminal, uh, where fans on a daily basis are ready to shout at you and ready to tell you what's, what's absolute fact, even though it's just absolute opinion, you know? And, 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 and so you get caught up in thinking that this is like this nonstop uh, tsunami of, of chatter that the decision makers are completely in tune to and completely influenced by. And I just think they're going to have their head down and their blinders on and, and, and put together a, a path that helps them make the most educated decision. I want to ask you two things before we move on. Uh, We talked about how my impression was when Kevin Warren was asked about Matt Eberflus, he didn't say he's coming back. He didn't give him a rousing endorsement when he could have, you know, just removed any doubt because they're not there yet. Similarly, I want to know what you think about two two things that I picked up on or not picked up on, but just my observations during the week of, of preparation here. Justin Fields has sounded like a quarterback that sees the writing on the wall or understands what's coming. He, whether it was an interview with Caitlin Sharkey and WGN, or maybe at the podium sometimes and talking about things, it looks like maybe he is braced for what's next. So I wonder what you think of that. And then, and then added to that, Matt Eberflus was asked again this week in preparation for the Packers about is Justin Fields your franchise quarterback moving forward? Can you see that? And again, just like Luke Getzey, they they have re- resisted the urge if they have it, or they've they've resisted the opportunity when given to say he's our guy. We can win a Super Bowl with him because of him, and we believe in him. And to me, that w- that was telling. And I and I just don't know how you read both Fields' comments and demeanor. And also the reluctance or resistance of the coaching staff to embrace him as a franchise quarterback. I'm going to start with my answer to the fields part of the question. Then I'm going to flip the question back on you. But I, I think Justin is wired uniquely. And I think I, I, I've been on record multiple times as saying just how much I admire his ability to stay present, to um, be introspective and to have uh, opportunity to reflect, but not ever allow his brain to fast forward more steps ahead than it needs to. Like I would have loved that skill at 24 years old. I really would have, it would have made uh, some of my, my stress levels uh, diminish. And so like, I give him a lot of credit for the strength that he shows and the perspective he has in those moments. I think he knows this could go either way. I think he knows he could be uh, here when, when, organized team activities start in May. And I think he knows that this is a business and and that there may be some questions about all of his skills and as a high level NFL quarterback, and then he might get traded and have to start over somewhere else. And so he's 
come to terms with that. And he, he's not worrying about it on a daily basis like the rest of us are. Kudos to Justin Fields. Incredible strength to have that within your personality. I'll flip this around on you in regards to Matt's response to this. I, I, I put forth a lot of thoughts from people around the league, uh, coaches, former execs, current GMs, uh, et cetera, on who Justin Fields is as a quarterback. When you read that and you kind of, got your brain wrapped around the, the, the league-wide sentiment on who this quarterback is currently, what did, what did you take away? What did you hear from people elsewhere that aren't in this uh, market about what they, th- they see in this quarterback? Because I think it'll tell you something uh, similar to what the current coaches say. Uh, I, I heard and read into it. My takeaway was that he's just good enough to get you beat. Or get you fired. I mean, he's just good enough to keep things close. He does a lot of things well, but he's not going to be the guy that you consistently can count on to make the key throw when he needs to make the key throw. And the the, the word that will come up, you know, if this is the end of his three-year tenure, I mean, he was held back or, or, or he didn't reach his potential because he was too inconsistent. And, and that's as a thrower. The things that stand out are the explosive, the escapability, the Houdini acts. But I don't think that you can make a living that way. It's it's like it, it's too it's too unstable. And I think in and football coaches uh, evaluators they they want stability, predictability, dependability. And I think what I read was that people have a ton of respect for Justin Fields' athleticism, uh, his demeanor, yes. his makeup. You, nobody has ever, I think, really questioned that. He's overcome a lot with his his health. Um, but I just don't think that he has proven himself over the, his entire body of work that he can be a consistent thrower that you trust to get you to the top level and to win it all. So I don't think he passes the confetti test because of that. So you just said out loud what Matt Eberflus was trying to probably say, right? And that's why I asked yeah, you, because right. I think that's 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 the interpretation of those sentiments is that there's a lot to like, and then there's a lot that gives you pause and says, my God, like this league is about being able to consistently perform at a high level from inside the pocket. And as much as anything else, it's all about being able to consistently perform at a high level in the fourth quarter. And, and, and some of those fourth quarter numbers are abysmal and no one in the league just nonchalantly discards those and goes, oh, well, uh, yeah, but so what? You know, like that, that's seen as a, a, I think in my piece, I, I, somebody said it was a bright red flag. And then another person told me that that's the crystal ball uh, into seeing how a quarterback is going to perform in the playoffs, because ultimately you're going to be put inside the pocket and in close games against really good opponents. And so when you have this track record over three seasons of this is how you operated, no matter what's around you, that becomes part of your resume. And so people look at that resume and they, they go, man, a lot to love here, a lot to love here, but you know, and, and it's that, feeling that that Ryan and Kevin and anyone else that wants to unite with them on this next leg of the journey are going to have to sort through to try to get themselves uh, to a quarterback decision that makes sense. And it will be awkward as we wait for that decision to come from the Bears. I, I don't anticipate it coming quickly. I don't anticipate it uh, uh, it getting any quieter in Chicago. I, I don't think that as you uh, look at you spin ahead next week, next month, the NFL combine. I yeah. don't know, Dan, if you're going to trade Justin Fields, I don't know when the ideal time would be to trade him. And you're not, it's not like baseball or it's not, you're not going to act immediately. You're not cutting them. So you're going to be waiting. And there's going to be a limbo period that will be awkward for everybody and, and really kind of tricky to talk through. 
Honestly, the only uh, imposing deadline is the draft. You know, right. I mean, it really is because teams are going to start to want to get clarity on what they're doing at the position at that point. May second, I think it's May second or third is when the fifth year option deadline arises, which also affects trade value for a player because the team that gets him is going to want to have the say on whether they want him on a one year trial or they want to do a two year trial with the fifth year option exercised. So um, there's a lot of those things that will factor in, but it, this could this could take months for them to uh, get resolution on, and they don't have to play their their hand early. You know what happens if Caleb Williams tears his ACL training? you know, in, in mid March and changes everything. So like, you know, you, there, there is no harm in, in kind of like having a decision and having a gut feeling and listening to offers and figuring out what's out there, but there is no harm in taking your time with this until you get to, to, to the month of April and probably late April. Plus you're You're going to have maximum value on draft day. The only other thing I would say is maybe before free agency teams might be motivated to give up something. So they answer that question. But if you wait until the draft, there's going to be that sense of urgency. Maybe you lose some leverage. I don't know. I think you could de- de- debate both sides of that. One thing working against them is that it is a, uh, a a stacked quarterback class this year. And so there are probably teams that, that might say, hey, like we'd really like to get into the top 10 and grab ourselves Jaden Daniels. Uh, if not, then right. let's call Chicago about Justin. You right. know? And so, so that there's going to be Good some point. of that that, that that plays out as well. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, we alluded to this before we get to our predictions uh, on Friday morning on the Moline Haw Show. (laughs) As you can imagine, there's strong opinions on both sides. I don't need to tell you, Dan. Um, We have heard from a lot of really passionate Bears fans who support Justin Fields, some who who believe in moving on is the right thing. It's been a, a spirited discussion and it will continue to be. But this was the tone of uh, the rhetoric on Friday morning of Bears Packers week when we had a call and that questioned Molly and I and why we were not in handcuffs. The way you guys talk about Justin Fields is criminal. It makes me sick to my stomach. Okay. He, he, he said criminal made it sick to his stomach. We had a, a little bit more dialogue with him, but it wasn't necessarily that productive. I thought it was very rude of Brad Biggs to express those sentiments to you after all, all that the Mullion Haas show has done for him. Yeah, right. That was not Brad Biggs. Did it sound a little like Biggsy? It kind of did. Uh, but you know, that that's what maybe, maybe uh, I'm naive, but it, it has surprised me uh, how strong the support has been for a quarterback who has been as inconsistent as Justin Fields has been. The highs have been so high and so much fun, but he's never quite bottomed out, but he hasn't really been 
the fourth quarter especially, the numbers speak for themselves. And in spite of that, there's guys who feel like every evaluation is a criticism and you're attacking by being objective. I, I really don't quite – I don't think I'll ever quite get used to that. I said to somebody in the media room on Friday afternoon that I wish under every single article I wrote and every single social media post I put forth, I could just have a stamp at the bottom that said, I do not have a desired outcome. I am just providing you information and analysis. I do not have a desired outcome. If Justin is here, fantastic. If they uh, pivot in a new direction, fantastic. I'm still going to have the same job and the same role and the same critical lens on all of it. Um, I think there are people that understand that. And then there are people that call you up and want you to, uh, in prison for for 15 to 20 years which uh, you know i'll be a character witness for you if that thank trial you. comes up thank you uh and i i hope i hope i hope you're able to uh, be exonerated thank you all right i wonder where stud stands on this let's bring him in to make our predictions for bears packers sunday at lambeau field hey studs how's it going there hey what's up guys Doing well. All right. So you heard a lot of all of our discussions. You can chime in on, on anything you have to add, as well as give us your Bears Packers prediction for week 18. Uh, I, don't, I don't really have a lot to add to, to anything you guys have said so far. I mean, we got we got a lot of time to talk about a lot of that stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll kind of let you guys speak on that for right now. But it, as for the game on Sunday, I think that this this one – has potential to I, I like the way that what what you put it Dan it has potential to be a real moment it is and and whether whether or not it really is it, it shouldn't determine what the future of Justin Fields or Matt Eberflus is like it should be part of the whole picture but this shouldn't be a deciding factor even though it will be for some people I'm sure and my, I might even be one of them and uh but I think here's like looking at the game itself I think that as I've watched the Packers recently, there's some things with their offense and with Jordan Love specifically that I I think can be exposed by this Bears defense. And so I'm kind of leaning on that in my in my prediction. And I also think that this Packers def, def, Packers defense, which played has played pretty well last week against some terrible quarterback play, has also been terrible for the most part over the last month. So I got uh, and also like, look, you guys aren't going to be shocked by this. And I'm pretty, you know, what, you know what? Sorry, I ran one a little bit. I said, like, last year, I'm going to keep picking the Bears in this game until they win one. So I'm not stopping now. And so I got the – I'm going to go with the Bears 28 to 20. I think that things are going to be a, a lot different than they were uh, the first game of the season. Uh, you next, David, or me? I'll go next. Oh, you go next. Go ahead. All right. So you know me. I'm uh, uh, all into theater. And my theater has this being a football game that the Bears defense plays really well in. Uh, if they can do what they've done to Jared Goff in two previous meetings in the last seven or eight weeks, they've got a chance to win this game. But I think the ball is going to be in the hands of Justin Fields in the offense in the final four minutes with a deficit to overcome and a chance to go down the football field and change it all. Final score, Packers 24, Bears 22. <laughs> I wish we would have. I wish we would have ended with that. Oh, that's 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 delicious. So you basically you have Justin Fields with the ball in his hands, with the chance to do what he hasn't done, and a chance to change a lot of minds, and then the Bears falling short. 
Let's talk for 30 seconds on the way that this Packers defense has historically flummoxed Justin. They play a heavy dose of zone coverage. Justin has not handled zone coverage from the minute he got into the league until uh, the end of his third season. They have eyes on him. They've got a front with Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary and potentially Preston Smith, who looks like he's going to be in line to play. That creates a lot of pressure up front and makes your quarterback make plays and throws into zone windows that Justin hasn't been good at. So I think it's not going to be enough to uh, score 37 and be ahead by double digits for the entire second half. You're going to have to make plays and and down the stretch of games, we need to see it before we believe it. To your point, the Falcons aren't going to, uh, the Packers aren't going to be as unwise as the Falcons were. You've got a quarterback in Justin Fields that his QBR is top five against man coverage and bottom five against zone coverage. Why would you ever play man on third and long, third down period against Justin Fields? I would sit back in the zone. I would confuse the heck out of him. I would make him make a decision, and I would watch him hold on to the ball a tick too long and then try to throw it into a window he can't hit. That's the way you defend Justin Fields and what – prevents a lot of people from believing in him. He's never proven that he can make those throws and make those reads quick enough to matter. So good. I I think that's an interesting prediction. Okay. I like drama too. So (laughs) I think that here we are on the doorstep of a very special Sunday and Justin Fields on Sunday. If my prediction is true, this is the day he becomes a bears legend. He becomes a Bears legend because he's the reason the Bears beat the Packers. He's the guy that can't stop on third down. He's the guy that can't catch going for 80 yards rushing. He's the guy that can't stop with three touchdown passes. Justin Fields outplays Jordan Love and flummoxes the Packer defense. And Justin Fields single-handedly beats the Packers 23-19. to Bears win in Justin Fields' final game as a Chicago Bear because time will pass, emotions will subside, and he will be traded. And all we're going to remember about Justin Fields, not all we're going to remember, but the first lasting most indelible image is him celebrating at Lambeau Field in his last game as a Bear when he rose to the occasion, but he was traded anyway. And that will be the first highlight on his video tribute whenever he comes back to town as the starting quarterback of the Falcons Raiders fill in the team later. That is a double-sided prediction from David Hall. <laughs> All right. So let's wrap things up with our two-minute drill. I think Studs' soul just left his body. <laughs> two-minute drill. Two-minute drill. <laughs> okay. Pro Bowl the snubs this week. I didn't like DJ Moore being left out. He's a good guy. He talked about it. He tweeted about it. Montez Sweat. He goes, he belongs, leads two teams in sacks. Why not? Jalen Johnson, it's appropriate that he's going and Montez Sweat is going because if Montez Sweat wasn't going, neither would Jalen Johnson. They belong together. They both earned it. Jalen Johnson wants to add all pro to his list of accolades. Uh, there are coaches in the building that say it was a couple more picks that he would have had this year and he would have been a no doubt all pro, but he's on that track. He's climbing. He answered every single challenge this year. And I'm glad to see him get that honor and Montez Sweat, uh, cool thing about this dude is is that he keeps just checking off boxes of things that he wants to do and then 
putting them aside and saying, here's the next thing I want to do. And that's what you hear from this coaching staff that's fallen in love with this guy really quickly for obvious reasons, because Montez Sweat helped the defense get better, which helped the team win more, which has helped the vibe in this building over the last two months. And so he is uh, well-deserving of that honor as well. Darnell Mooney ruled out, Dan. Was that the latest injury news? Anything else of uh, significance? Yeah, a concussion for Darnell Mooney. This is the final game of his rookie contract, so we may not see Darnell Mooney in a Bears uniform ever again. That's one of those off-season stories that we'll revisit when some of these higher-profile headline-grabbing stories uh, dissipate. Patrick Scales uh, missed the first two practices of this week with a foot issue. The Bears had to go out and get 38-year-old Matt Overton uh, signed to the practice squad as an emergency net, but Scales was back in practice on Friday, will make his 120th consecutive appearance in a Bears uniform on Sunday at Lambeau Field. He's nipping at Patrick Manley's heels. How about Tyson Bagent? Is he back from an illness? And I only ask that because he's worked out a veteran, well-traveled quarterback, Chris Trevler. Uh, it was Strevler, right? Chris Tyson Bajan back. He was okay. uh, on the practice field today and, and seems uh, to be in good spirits from what we saw in the locker room today as well. What a relief. Anything else in terms of injuries or depth chart moves uh, before Sunday's game? The Packers have three of their uh, top receivers on the injury report, all questionable Christian Watson, uh, Dontavian Wicks, and Jaden Reed dealing with various injuries. Preston Smith also questionable. There are some notable names on that Packers injury report to keep an eye on. Uh, I was going to say Sunday morning, but it'll probably be mid-afternoon because of the 325 start. And before we get out of here, let's end it with the way we started talking about Kevin Warren. You have been around him a long time, and I think that we can't just uh, overlook some of the things that he does and has already done and since returning to the Chicago community. He, him and Greta, as we, as his wife Greta, showed up at Lurie Children's Hospital on Friday morning and held a press conference. They did not want to answer. He did not want to answer football questions. But the purpose for being there was a million-dollar donation to Lurie Children's Hospital, which is a significant uh, philanthropic gesture. It's more than a gesture. It will change lives. And when you have somebody who cares that much about doing something like that, I think it, it bears mentioning and applauding because – Bravo, Kevin Warren and his family. This was a great thing for him to do. Well, in the story I wrote back in the summer, uh, we detailed kind of his origin story. And a big part of his origin story is about the accident he was in when he was a child, when he was riding his bike, hit by a car and spent a lot of time in traction in a body cast and knew the feeling of being a child um, in a hospital bed and, and, and trying to sort through all that. And so philanthropy and outreach has always been part of his uh DNA, you know, in his professional life, it is a incredibly generous gesture, as you mentioned, and, and, and something that uh, I know he and his wife are, are very passionate about in terms of having that impact on this community. They love the city of Chicago, and this is a, a way to make an impact in that regard. And so I, I would not uh, downplay something like this ever because it is, uh, it is I think it is a, a, a truly sincere gesture. So Sunday night at Lambeau Field after the Bears and the Packers uh, finish up the regular season. We'll have thoughts. We'll react uh, if you can on deadline. Uh, if not, we'll react without you, but we'll no, I'll be, be here. Okay, good. So we'll have a Take the North podcast uh, Sunday night from Lambeau Field with reaction. And then we'll Probably be, every day next week. Yeah, we'll be in <laughs> postseason mode depending on what happens. And, and we'll wait for the puffs of smoke to emerge from Hallis Hall's <laughs> chimney and to see which way they go with regard to the head coach. The offensive coordinator, which we didn't get to, but we have talked a lot about Luke Getze and the quarterback. And we'll get some clarity, hopefully, and uh, and know which direction we're going. Anything else, Dan, before we get out of here? 
Fascinating times. And I've said this multiple times on social media. They are exciting and hopeful times for the Chicago Bears entering a, a period that is filled with opportunity. The rest of the league has their eyes fixated on Chicago. We'll see which direction the Bears take it. It'll be a great game on Sunday. And then the Bears have the offseason where I think essentially they're going to get a chance to choose between good or better. They're in an ideal spot for an NFL franchise. And even Wayne Larravee, the voice of the Packers, was on the Mullinghaw show Friday morning. And he said the Bears are ready to turn the corner, this time for good. And that's just the sense you feel around the league. A lot of questions about the coach, a lot of questions about the quarterback, but there's no question because of this defense and because of some of the moves Ryan Poles has made, this is a this is a franchise which finally seems to have the arrow pointing up. So a lot to talk about. We appreciate everyone's time and patience in uh, talking through it with us. And we'll be back Sunday night from Lambeau Field after the Bears and Packers game. Thank you for listening to the Take the North podcast. Great talk. See you out there.